This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. You know, we're just hanging out here and, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer amongst us. Uh, has it set in yet uh, that you're a Hall of Famer yet? Is it, uh, LeVar, is it, uh, like, come on. Oh, gosh. You know, I talked to my high school coach yesterday, and I, I realized I got to check in on on people that have been influential in my life. Like, I got to check in, you know? You just now realize that? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, you know you you know you go through periods and seasons of your life where you you're not paying attention to how much you're doing and how fast things are moving and before you know it you you realize like I'm I'm one to check in on you know I check in on my immediate family I check in on my parents I check in on my kids my wife I check in but I don't check in extended and I got you and it's, it's I'm just so caught up into all of the work that I do that by the time, you know, by the time I get done doing what I'm doing, I'm really ready to go to sleep generally. So it's kind of like when I talked to him yesterday, it was like, man, like, you know, he was so pumped up about it. And then we started talking about, you know, just life and how things are going for him and my other coaches and stuff like that. It was, it's, it's super cool when you have conversations with people who know you the best and, and were there when, when it was all taking place. And man, it was just just super. You know, you 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 get choked up a whole bunch. You know, when you talk to guys like like your coaches, and 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 you start to realize again, all over again, you know how much they meant to you. So yeah, <laughs> got to check you, in more. Do you feel like there's going to be that sentiment for the New York Giants players, the Joe Judge? Do you think, <laughs> you know, oh, you think the, what? No. It's what? such a great. That is it, it's such a great segue. <laughs> I'm just saying, just, like. I don't want you to get too emotional, but, you know, you're a former Giant. Like, is there some part of you that sees the <laughs> dismissal well, of Joe Judge? Apparently, cool. apparently <laughs> your assassination of the entire organization <laughs> on, on air yesterday <laughs> led to his firing. That is true. Well, they said there was, <laughs> there was a chance that, that Joe Judge may get an opportunity for another season and and it was cited that, you know. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> your, yeah. you know, hey, your decimation you know what I did? of him no. yesterday. Yeah, Br- you know what Brady I did? Quinn got Joe Judge fired, basically, is what no. we're saying. Yeah. Listen, this is what I did yesterday, <laughs> all right? I was the one in our group of friends, all right? Our, our, little, our little friendship group, our pack, all right? I'm the one who told the couple that just started dating, stop it. You're bad for each other. Don't let this thing go on any further, okay? I'm the one that brought it up. None of you wanted to. I had the intervention on air yesterday, and then, and then everyone wants to throw it back oh, on man. me, all right? I'm sorry I had to be the bad guy and point out the obvious, which he, here's my theory. Can we get – is there a chance – we have any sort of conspiracy theory music? I mean, listen, we have the Unsolved Mysteries band in studio, right, right there. I mean, and, and by the way, they're wearing masks, so they are socially distant. So we care about COVID here. So we want to make sure everybody's well, understanding that we're safe. All right, go yeah. ahead. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I think it, I think what ended up happening over the past 48 hours was as the Giants talked to their former general manager, David Gettleman, who quote-unquote retired and stepped down. I wonder how much of a shove came with that from their uh, from front office there in, in New York. But after that, and they started this search. I think they got the sense 
that no one wanted to work with Joe Judge or the list of candidates who wanted to work with him was so small that anyone else they talked to on the outside was like, yeah, if you hire me or if I'm taking this job, I'm coming in and I'm, I, I'm firing him right away. <laughs> like, I, 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 I literally think that everyone else outside of them, okay, was telling them, you got to move on from this guy, a clean slate. This, this isn't how this works. You, if you want to hire a general manager first and give him the power, so be it. But you can't keep the head coach and let this guy be a lame duck for the next year. It never works well for any party involved. I think that was what ended up happening. And it's kind of like that. There's, a, there's, a, there's an old saying, right? And in this case, you know, if you think the world of someone, but the world thinks that person is an a-hole, then maybe you're an a-hole too, you know? <laughs> and that was, that was, I think, how maybe you kind of summarize this whole situation. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I, I really do think it was your your, uh, your <laughs> yesterday that, that no. led to – and, and uh, you know, we can keep the music going on because <laughs> my conspiracy theory is w- when you lambaste the ownership for not cleaning out house after you clearly – clearly had a great conversation about why you should retire versus uh, being fired. Um, and then you talk about why would you keep anybody, just clean out clean out the safe, clean out, clean out the cupboards, clean everything out and start anew. I think they felt the pressure of it and they had to go ahead and make a move immediately, you know, before that became a, a real narrative that, that picked up and built up. That's what I'm thinking right now. And I don't think that there's any other sound reasoning or logic that that would be applied to this, it, this particular situation. It didn't make sense to bring him back. Like there there was <laughs> it a, did th- it. there was a report that came out last week in which they said uh you know like elsewhere around the NFL. Here's the rumblings uh in Chicago. Nagy's gone, but uh, Ryan Pace will be back. And that didn't make any sense what's like why would he be back and why would he be promoted as the report said. When the story came out that the Giants ownership love Joe Judge and they're going to stand by him and you go all right, so wait a second. Gettleman's gone. Um, you're the worst team, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The final two games of the season were against teams that were in the bottom third of the league, and they looked awful. You ran a quarterback sneak at your own four on third down. Like it would, every, it was melting down and and all around him. But you're just going to bring him back and and make the GM take him as the head coach when he comes in? It didn't make sense. None of it made any sense. And at some point, the Giants probably looked around and said, "Yeah, this didn't make sense. Like there, there, there nothing about this adds up, and we just got to scrape it, uh, turn it over. And if that means Daniel Jones has got to go, you're going to have a new GM, you're going to have a new coach, probably a new quarterback, and then we move on from here. It just had to happen. I, I wonder how many conversations they had with players because. I'll be honest with you, there might have been some that bought in or were drafted under Joe Judge that, again, they don't know any different. So, so they want to buy in. They, they think that maybe this is how the NFL works and maybe they're a season away from turning this thing around. You know, they had some injuries this year. Maybe, maybe they chalk it up to that. I don't know. Um, I wonder if they talked to some players, though, and, and the players and the feedback were just like, yeah, man, this ain't it. You know, he's not that guy. You know, not the guy. He's, just, he's not that he's guy. Not that guy. I, I do wonder if there was some of those conversations that took place too over this period in time, where as they moved on from the general manager, as they started to get more clarity there, they wanted to talk to some other players they felt confident are going to be there at least in the short term in the future. 
and the feedback wasn't what they wanted. I mean, we talked about the position that Saquon's in or was in where he had to, you know, publicly defend Joe Judge, which as, as I continually have, have said, like, what do you expect a player to say? I mean, you're putting him in a position where the guy is still hired. He obviously impacts your daily life, your job. You think he's just going to bash the guy? Logan Ryan was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they all have to. And, and Logan Ryan, it goes back a little bit. I mean, Judge might have been there with him in New England, too. So there might even be more history. I'm just saying, like, now is what you might want to ask him. I mean, and they're still going to be polite. They're still going to be professional about what they say. But the truth of the matter is there's going to be someone who's like airs out and they're like, yeah, I can't wait for a new coach in here. I can't wait. I can't wait to change things up from what we were doing. No more quarterback sneaks on our own four or third and nine. Can't wait for that. Like, <laughs> I really do wonder if that play, that moment lost him the locker room because it, it could be fragile like that. You know, the Cowboys stomped them. The Eagles stomped them after that. The Bears, the Bears, you yeah. know, that fired their guy yeah. that, that couldn't do Power well House. enough to keep his yeah. job, stomped him. And, and for all of those players that, that may have bought in and, you know, they had their interviews and said to, to the management and their uh, exit interviews or whatever that, look, we want a new coach or, or I buy in. Think back to your last game. Your last stand – by judge was boo me i'm not crying any rivers boo me if we don't perform on in this game boo me off the field if we don't do what we need to do on sunday and they went out there and they lost 22 to 7 to to washington now i don't know that any reports came out that he was booed going off of the field. I don't think it was there. But if there's one conclusion that you <laughs> oh, can draw from, <laughs> if there is one conclusion that you can draw from what took place when that game concluded is that there is no one in that locker room that supports Joe Judge. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think Joe Judge thought going into the final couple weeks of the regular season that his job was safe? Because I do. I thought he I think he thought that they would fight more than what they did. I think he he felt as though the players and and coaches they would give more. There would be better results that that would lead to him having more time going going out of this season. I I do believe he felt that. Now I don't know if he know he thought he was safe, but I do think that he felt they would finish out strong. Something gave him the inclination to say these guys are going to fight. Yeah, and I'm a ride with that. And they did it. And, and like I think the last two weeks cost him his job. I swear to I think I think the uh, Chicago, the meltdown afterwards, we said we're not a clown show organization, blah, blah, blah. And then him in the final game, I I, I wonder if, if he knew that was going to be his last game. Do you think he's going a, a QB sneak on third down from his own four? Like, do you, th- do you think that's a decision? I mean, I, there? I could make the same argument the other way. Like, you got to feel pretty damn safe if you're doing a quarterback sneak on third and nine from your own four. Like, you have to think you're going to make it to the next year. I, Otherwise, that's, yeah, that's a point. It doesn't make sense. It's weird. Yeah, because I, I, I think it's the exact opposite is the way I'd look at that situation. I, I don't know if it was, well, what was it, the five-game stretch where they lost by double digits the entire time? Yeah. Yeah, that happens I mean, to the best of it, us. It, well, if I was to paint this picture for you, because it's all about trends. Like, if you look at the Minnesota Vikings, remember they got to the NFC Championship game, got blown up by Philly, and then it's all been downhill since then. And that was the year after that. That was with Keyes Keenum. 
But then they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater. They moved on from Case Keenum. They moved on from Sam Bradford, all the quarterbacks who played a part that year. They've never made it back to that point. And so the trend in Minnesota, even though I think Mike Zimmer's a great coach, I think if they – they might have a hard time replacing what he was able to provide, at least if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. And Rick Spielman's done a good job. I mean, Justin Jefferson getting Dalvin Cook, working out the Kirk Cousins, like he's done a good job of, of stocking that place – with talent. And so it, it was almost like more like they just kind of everyone agreed, oh, it's time. Let's just all move on our separate ways. But that's when you look at it and you say, yeah, but you can look back to that trend. And, and, and after that NFC championship game, they lost. It was all downhill. You look at Matt Nagy, 12 and four, never had a winning season after that, after his first season. You know, he couldn't get the rookie quarterback with Mitch Trubisky right. And it was like with Fields, it was still some difficulty there. It was the trend of it. You know, you look at, you could even say Brian Flores, Ten wins a year ago, only nine wins this season. And, and granted, like I think you know that he's might be a separate candidate that I say that's probably one of the biggest mistakes. But the reality is, the NFL, much like business, much like we are with the way we handle things, like we, we sense kind of trends and things going on. And, and I think that's what ended up taking place here was when you look at what this team was in 2020 to 2021. Not only did their record get worse, they got worse as an offense. Every statistical thing you can pretty much look at. They got worse as a defense. Daniel Jones got worse. When you look at his play and where he was last year to this year, there's really nothing you can hang your hat on. (laughs) If you're a Giants fan or you're in their front office or in ownership and say, yeah, Joe Judge was making us a better team. And then, to your point, at the end of it all, he started to provide the media with ammunition. Like... He didn't need to say this ain't some clown show. <laughs> the second you use clown show, guess what? You're a clown people show. Start, yeah, people start calling you a clown show. Like, yeah. he almost gave that to them, you know, on a silver platter to go ahead and make this headline. Like, what do you think they're going to they're gonna put in parentheses on the front page? Mm. So, I just – I think it's all about trends, and that's where this ended up going. But <laughs> – I mean, there was an intervention that took place, and uh, someone had to someone had to tell the Giants, you know, hey, just just break up now. A year from now, it's only going to get worse. By the way, in a pass first league in the final four games of the season, the Giants starting quarterback threw for over a hundred yards once. Yeah, but but the reality is, you had Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Okay, yeah. I mean, come on, no protection. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Man. There's more to that. There's well, more to that. Yeah, but it's fun to discuss, right? You know, I mean, come on, it's fun to. By the way, do we have the unsolved? mysteries music can we pop that back up please uh, just oh, quickly because wow. i just I, I just want to point this out here oh. i mean since since clearly they're hearing uh the conversations about the giants uh and maybe they're hearing stuff on this show which is why they're making the move to fire uh, joe judge since we're on the top topic of uh mysteries and things like that um was Jimmy Hoffa buried uh, at Giant Stadium, the old Giant Stadium, or not? I just yeah. want to know. Can we somebody clear question. that up for me? Please clear question. it up. Like I want to know. Do some digging. Is there a body? Literally, is there a coffin? Like what are we talking about here? <laughs> somebody literally. get to the bottom of that since Grab everybody's paying attention to it. Do some digging. So, literally. That. Literally. Uh, all right. It is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S. based representatives. Representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Up next. So hold on. You're going to go from let's find Jimmy Hoffa to, to a live read. Yeah, discover. Can we discover the body or not? <laughs> you, you, 
Wow. B- yeah. Mind blown. You just totally, you just totally. It's almost let, like I planned it. You got hey, it. Lamar, Go. Lamar, me, yes. are you taking notes on this? Let, like, let me step back. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like I the planned pro, it. Pro at work. Yeah. <laughs> let me step back. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's uh, you know, a lot of uh, conversation, uh, you know, some banter, debate, if you will, about the uh, the video from the Florida Panthers game. But, uh, you know. Here's the problem is yeah. you're trying to, you know, basically support your opinion. The video you sent. Yeah was after there was some initial activity going on. Because mm. if you watch the first video, you see it's not the same angles of what's happening, what they're doing. So I'm just letting you know right now. I disagree. There's a chance that there was something going on there and a little more attention was drawn and then they just started dancing. Okay. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, you know, quick uh, quick uh, wardrobe, uh, you know, adjustment and uh, it turns Thank into you. a dance. You know, there that's you fun. Go. Listen, whatever. You I mean, uh, yeah. good morning, on. everyone. How's uh, everybody <laughs> out there in Radio Land? <laughs> it's a uh, great yeah, Wednesday is, to you. It is, uh, <laughs> yes, it is a great Wednesday. Uh, formerly known as Hump Day on the show, <laughs> How is yeah. that, which would have been, uh, which would have been applicable uh, to, to that story. This um, is me, Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> this is me, Kodak. Uh, but, so uh, the. Uh, <laughs> the coaching carousel around the NFL. Uh, we've got a bunch of openings, and none have been filled as of yet. Um, I, I do want, like. Do you? There is some thought now that uh, the Raiders might be keeping uh, Basaccio. Like that. That is. Uh, that is the uh, thought. That that the odds. There's some odds that are out there that he's the favorite. But we talked about this yesterday. I know, but I'm just saying there there are some odds out there that that he's the favorite to be retained. Up? I'm just saying, like, uh, brought what up? What did you bring up? You brought up Kodak Black. You didn't bring up the Raiders' interim coach. What do you mean? Yesterday we st- we talked about Rich Basaccio potentially being the interim head coach and then getting it permanently. And the issues that may come with doing that. Yeah, and there's odds out now that would that would indicate that he's the favorite to keep Jesus. the gig. I'm just saying these are these are the betting odds for for the degenerate gamblers out there uh, that, that he would be the uh, the permanent uh, coach there. Just saying. Uh, now there are some other odds um, according to BetOnline.ag. All right, so you uh, you pick a team, any team, and uh, we have the odds here. We can go over which of these guys make sense and which of these are just names they threw in there because they knew they could. Get get some action on it because uh, people want to, uh, you know, just gamble on whatever they can because they're uh, in, in thirsty for more football and it's going to be a couple of days. So w- which team is of interest right now, uh, Brady or LeVar, that you look at and go, I want to know who the uh, betting odds would indicate is going to be the next guy there. All right, pick pick a card. Any I want to know Miami. All right. So the Miami Dolphins, there's a favorite at plus 300, which means mm. you bet 100, you win 300. Brian Dayball, Dayball of the yeah. uh, Buffalo Bills, the offensive coordinator. Mm. Which makes sense. Um, has well, there... no, think about it. He, he was an OC there. Okay. He's been there before. He understands the organization, knows the ownership. So it, that makes sense for those reasons. I think he might have interviewed when the position came open before Brian Flores took it. Mm. Okay. Uh, and so the the feeling is that they would want to go back there. Did did the Bills' offense get better or worse this season under Brian Dayball? It wasn't better this year. It was ranked high though, but it, it didn't seem as dominant as last year. I, I don't know that that's a direct correlation though with play calling. 
I mean, I think you look at you look at their offensive line, you look at their ability to run the football. I, I think that was more of a, a question mark this season. But I don't think it's it's like they got pass happy. I think they've kind of realized let's not let's not play into something that we're just not good at. Now they're gonna have to, maybe even this weekend, because of what the weather reports are looking like <laughs> if they're if they can't throw in inclement weather, but that's just – I don't know that they necessarily – I mean, statistically, they weren't going to look as good as they were last year when Allen was an MVP candidate, but he also hasn't played as well. You know, I mean, you can't put that on the play caller necessarily. Uh, Doug Peterson is uh, the second favorite. Uh, oh. well, I'm saying for the Dolphins. Like, he's right. the uh, the second after a day ball, followed by uh, Eric Bieniemy and then Kellen Moore. So mm. Kellen Moore is going to uh, start to get some love here. Um, although, has he interviewed officially, Kellen Moore, with any of these teams? I know Dan Quinn's gotten some interview requests. I don't know about uh, about Kellen Moore. But there is uh, – so, so those are the uh, – as far as the Miami Dolphins go. Uh, LeVar, which team would you like to hear the odds for here as we discuss? Um, would you like to hear about your Jacksonville uh, Jaguars? I would love to know what the betting odds are for New York. For the Giants. Yes, okay, let absolutely. Because uh, it's, it's such a big deal because they've moved on very quickly from – the last few coaches. Okay, so let me see if we've got the odds up for the uh, Giants. We do not have odds on the Giants head coach. No yet. odds. Yeah, no odds. But not, not ready yet. There are some. Uh, I, I've seen some that have that are thrown out there. Thinking, uh, of course, Harbaugh's name is getting thrown into all of this. Um, let's and, let's talk Jacksonville. Who who is actually who are they thinking is willing to go into that debacle of a place and and take on that. Well, it, take on that challenge. Well, no, it's a uh, a a former head coach from that division. Uh, mm, somebody Caldwell? who knows. Yeah, no, another one. Uh, former. You just saw him recently in a Ooh, big Del time. Rio's uh, coming back. Yeah, you saw him recently <laughs> in a. <laughs> you saw him recently in a uh, in a big time game uh, just a couple of nights ago. Uh, he was uh, featured. Uh, did not have a great night, but. Uh, you know, old uh, B.O.B., Bill O'Brien, is the favorite to be the Jaguars head coach, plus 175, uh, Bill O'Brien, followed huh. by uh, Daryl Bevel. So uh, so Billy O is getting uh, getting some love there, Brady Quinn, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I so. mean, look, say what you want. I, I, I should probably stay away from LeVar on this one because of his feelings it's about him in Penn State. It's personal, though. Yeah, don't worry I, about I, that. I get it. It's I mean, right. it, the truth is, if you think about, like, them winning – AFC South division titles with the quarterback play they had, uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, they, they had some success there even before Deshaun Shab. Watson got there. Hmm. Um, Macho Man that was, Tom Savage. Shab, Shab was even before Bill O'Brien, I thought. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't it might have been tail end, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I know there yeah. was a, there was the Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler uh, uh, era there. There was, uh, you know, there was. Well, that a was a weird of... year. Do you remember when they went to Mexico City and then Osweiler was being blinded by the lasers? Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, somebody had a laser pointer in the crowd. That's someone. I think it was like multiple people. Yeah. It was almost like a coordinated attack on Brock yeah. Osweiler because they hated the fact point. he was 6'8". That's a good point. Get him with the lasers. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a 6'8 NB, so they just brought out the uh, the laser tag and started What are you trying to say? Hit, hit the button, Berto. What? 
Yeah. He just called your he called Racist. your people short, man. No, Racist. I didn't know. Yes, that there you the go. Way to say. Brady alluded to no, it. No, no, you did that. Oh, that Jesus. was you. Come that on, was all man. you. I heard it. I Come caught on. it. What about me, right Pac Man? Uh, all right, so uh, so Daryl Bevel is so also she was uh, short too. <laughs> okay. Now Byron Leftwich, that's a guy, a former Jaguar that a lot of people thought made some sense going back there. Um, you know, taking over would be a feel good story. Uh, he's listed as the third favorite under Daryl Bevel and then Bill O'Brien. Hmm. So. Um, you know, look, I'm going to throw Can this. Can I ask a question? Sure. Why is there not more outrage again this year over B enemy and Leftwich? No, no, no. They're getting interviewed. Jobs. No, no, I mean, no. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, do you think that it was just a sign of, of where we were? Like with everything that was going on culturally, because last oh, year, last year yeah. it was hysteria. In terms of Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy, and then Byron Leftwich, somewhat, but not nowhere near as intensified as all of the outrage surrounding Eric Bieniemy not being a front runner for a job. It doesn't seem like there's as much outrage this year. The Vikings, uh, Eric Bieniemy is the favorite to land with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. So, I mean, I I think. This might be a little bit of a hot take. I think Bruce Arians is going to step down after this season. I think he's gone. And I think either Leftwich or A B wore him out, huh? I just think, man, with that, with you know, he's he's injured, the COVID stuff, he's won a Super Bowl. He's not one of these guys that, that's so addicted to football that he's gonna stick around and just get worn down by the process. I think this is gonna be it. I think he's gonna walk away and it's either gonna be Leftwich or it's gonna be Todd Bowles who takes over. He hmm. could he could stay around in like a advisory role to them where it's not day to day and he can just enjoy life. Yeah. You know? Because it it felt like one of the things that he said last year, I think he was on with the Dan Patrick show. By the way, you can uh, you hear Brady all the time on the Dan Patrick show, uh, Fox Sports Bradio here. Um, one of the things he said in an interview, he said that if if those part of the reason he came back is because he knew those assistants were coming back. It, had they been had taken jobs elsewhere, he would have thought about you know moving on. That that it was like okay, you know, maybe I would move away from this and you know go figure something else out and finally retire for good. I just think this year with everything that's gone on, he's got his Super Bowl. You give it another go, see what happens. But I think he's going to walk away with all the drama, the A B, the injury, the COVID, all the the injuries that they've dealt with on the roster. I think it's been kind of a uh, difficult season. I think he's going to walk away. That's yeah. my hot take. Yeah. How about yeah, that? Do you think he's going to walk away? I think he's going to leave. I think he's going to oh, walk okay. away, Brady. Wow. I think you, uh, said, you said that about eight times. No, I just was waiting for um, you to step in at some Byron point. Byron Leftwich, I don't know why it doesn't like, – we're not connecting more dots to the Jaguars. Now, maybe he, he looks at it and says, yeah, I played there. I know exactly how this thing or this place operates. I don't know if I want to go into that situation. Eesh. Now, I don't think – Shot Khan wasn't the owner, I don't think, or maybe it was the tail end when Leftwich was there. But, I mean – the truth is there might be some of like some reality of knowing that organization, that that whole situation there too well to where he's like, yeah, I don't want to take that opportunity, uh, even as enticing as the salary cap space or Trevor Lawrence and some of the young talent could be. But that's one where like it, it just seems like it'd make a lot of sense. You could sell it. He's a former quarterback player there. He's one of the better play callers in the NFL. Like it just – it would make some sense, um, and, and I think if they resort to Daryl Bevel, what are you basing that decision on? 
could you not find the candidate that you wanted or you couldn't talk into those candidates into wanting the job or, or no one wanted to work with Trent Baalke? Like the Jaguars are, are another scenario. We're kind of like New York. When they started maybe calling around asking for people who are interested in that general manager job, they might have gotten a response that was, yeah, no one wants to work with this coach or keep it in place. So be an owner and wipe it clean, and then you can start over and then start interviewing anyone you want for that position so they can bring in their own head coach, and you're not waiting three weeks after you go through the hiring process of you know, hiring a general manager. It's almost the same thing in Jacksonville where you've got Trent Baalke in place, and there might be head coaching candidates that go, yeah, that's a bad track record. Like, based on how things have worked in Jacksonville, based on how things work in San Francisco, I don't want to be any part of that. And, and so he, that's, that's, the, that's the difficulty of some of these organizations in a place like Jacksonville. And he's a big reason why Harbaugh wanted to leave San Fran, right? Like, the, yeah, the relationship was, the, like was bad. Yeah, the reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so, um, you know, it's, uh, what, a, what a terrible situation that is. But there is, uh, so we'll have more on that. There's, but they uh, have uh, swimming. That's true. On yeah, the that's right. Yeah, yeah. Lots, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, come for uh, the the football game. Seats. Stay for, the Jaguar uh, is kind of a cool mascot too, if you think about it. They like, do have a cool mascot, and and he zip corded into the stadium one time, like from the I top did, of the stadium. Did he get stuck though? Yeah, something happened. I think he got stuck somewhere at the top of the stadium. Who, the Jags mascot? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Zip corded. He was trying to steal the show, wow. and uh, yeah, like, he got stuck. Like Fan Man. You remember when Fan Man tried to fly in? The, uh, I was going to give a different. I was going to give a different example, fan, but it didn't end well. The uh, fan was man was wrestling. That, no, that box. Oh no, you don't. Not yeah. the own no, heart. No. So you just going to well, go no, do it? Huh? I just. Well, I just. You know. You just going to throw it out there? Huh? Yeah, that's right. terrible. Okay. That's uh, tragic. Yeah. Uh, but okay. uh, all right, uh, so we what? forget about all that. Never mind. What a car accident! <laughs> yeah, right. I said I wasn't right. going to go there, but but Jonas sorry about did. that. Jonas did. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, uh, who the hell knows what's going to happen now? He's the great Petros Papadakis, yes. co-host of the Petros and Money Show yes. on AM570 LA Sports. Good morning. Fox College Football. Yeah. And a show favorite. Make some noise <laughs> for the Yeah, OP. here he is. Yeah. What's up, OP? The OP. Wagwan. Wagwan, yeah. my lord. Wagwan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up, P? Not much. Um, how's the? Uh, <laughs> Not much. A, I, I, heard, I saw you and Fred after the uh, game Sunday night. Um, is uh, Brandon Staley? Are you guys still uh, dragging him through the streets uh, in Los Angeles for the uh, decision? You live here. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, you yeah. know, you guys were pretty critical of him uh, after that game, especially Fred. I, mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, I was sitting there watching the game, and it was kind of horrifying. <laughs> a lot of it. And, uh, I mean, we interview Brandon Staley every week because we're kind of like a Chargers arm because my uh, my radio partner is the play-by-play guy for the Chargers. So we have Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco on every week 
except with, they didn't come on this week. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, they might come on later in the week, you know, after all the exit interviews, quote unquote. But yeah, I mean, look, I am not like an NFL decision making maven. Like when I'm calling a football game, I usually don't like start screaming, yeah, this is where you use your timeout. What are they doing? Oh my God. You know, like little things kind of catch my attention. Like when Georgia was playing on Monday night and they had a lead, but they were snapping the ball in the fourth quarter with like 12 12 seconds seconds. left. Yeah, that upset me. (laughs) You know, stuff like that bugs me. But uh, like, I'm not that guy, but that was pretty uh, egregious. And, you know, it, it, he took a lot of chances and did a lot of different stuff all year. And that's great. But at a certain point, like you're inserting yourself like almost like an official into the game. And it's it seems like a young coach thing to do. Right. It's it's yeah. it's a young coach. It's it's this is how we play. This is what we do. And. That's great, but you can't go for it on fourth. There's a reason no one ever goes for it on fourth and one on your own 18. You just – you don't do that. Uh, the timeout stuff and all that, it did look like it changed what the Raiders were doing. And it was just a weird scenario because, I mean, usually when we watch any sporting event in our country, I mean, in soccer and with the way that whole thing works is different. But, like, when we watch a game, like, we don't really think about, hey, you guys, you could play for the time. Here, you know, that's not an element that's usually part of our thinking when we're watching or announcing football or critiquing it. So that element that was added to that Raider Charger game with the Steelers involved and all that made it really extra compelling and just really odd. Mm. Do you, I was going to ask you, Petros, do you do you give him a little bit of a break, given that he's a first year head coach? You talked about kind of the the young style and all that, do you think he'll learn from some of this and change moving forward? Or do you just think, hey, this is how he's going to call and play it? He's one of those new age analytic guys. Like, this is what they believe. This is where the, the league's going. Well, I think uh, there's a guy named Isaac Lowenkron. You oh, know Isaac, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Isaac is one of the greats. He's, he's really a great L.A. media personality, and he's a really good play-by-play guy, too. And he does the Charger pre-half and post, and he was taking calls, and I was interested. You know, it was one of those those games where you want to hear uh, more about it when it's over. So I listened to the post-game show on my way home from doing the show with Fred uh, here in L.A., and Isaac said it great. He said that uh, the season he thought that, that Brandon Staley was aggressive, uh, I think he crossed the line, Isaac said, into recklessness uh, in that Raider game. And I don't know how you can't learn from that (laughs) as a young guy. If you don't, obviously you shouldn't be a head coach and growing in the position. Uh, The other thing I kind of think about the Chargers, just because I did one of their games and I've been watching them kind of uh, more closely the last few weeks, is like if Derwin James and Joey Bosa are that good, and they are, and they are that good, what the hell is wrong with the other nine guys? <laughs> like, how bad are those guys? You know, and I, you know, I, I, I know the answer, you know, but uh, that's something that they need to address. And I'll tell you what, that Herbert is the real deal. Oh, man. Yeah, and it it's not the stuff that he does that's obvious, like the stats <laughs> and all that. But you watch that game, and it's like just to get rid of the ball when 
Crosby's like hitting him in the leg on second down and just to pull off an incompletion with using his strength and just being aware in the pocket and working progression as a big guy and all those different things. He is, uh, he's really special, obviously. Who, who excites you for, for the playoffs this year? Ah, nobody. No, no teams excite <laughs> you. No, I mean, uh, the Rams thing is interesting. I yeah. mean, more are, are they doing it? Are they failure doing it, excites me. Uh, no, I mean, look, there's a blueprint on how to, how to beat Sean McVay, right? You just take away the stretch zone and you let him throw himself into oblivion. Wow. And all the talk about Matt Stafford and how great he is and all the, the, the fanfare in the offseason. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But everybody was acting like Aaron Rodgers was coming to L.A. Everybody was acting like Tom Brady was coming to the Rams. And he ain't that guy. And the marriage with him and McVay is not as perfect and beautiful and flawless as, as everybody was kind of pushing. And the Rams, you know, they have more of a sense of urgency than anybody other than, you know, the Bucks because Brady's my age. And and congratulations, by the way, LeVar, on the College oh, Football Hall of Fame. You. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, Thanks, come Pops. on. Do we have what any fanfare? Yeah. What a segue there, Petros. It just occurred to me. <laughs> I forgot. I meant, to, I meant to start out with that because uh, that, that was is amazing. A, well, thank uh, you. That is a huge uh, deal. Thank uh, you. But but as far as uh, the Rams go, you know they have they have so many of these guys. They they've they've given up all their draft picks to bring in all these superstars, and these guys are making plays. You know, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Stafford. Uh, I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup's one of the better players in the league right now. Uh, they, they have a lot of uh, good players, and but it's kind of a make-or-break moment for them, and they don't seem like a really complete football team to me. That being said, what do I know? Uh, one of these teams catches fire every year and, and ends up going all the way and winning the Super Bowl, you know, like the Philadelphia Eagles did. But mm-hmm. right now, to me, they just – it looks like uh, there's a blueprint on how to beat McVay. And uh, the guy with no lips up in San Francisco, uh, <laughs> ah, 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 old lizard ah, lips Shanahan. Oh, my God. The flat miller. Uh, it is uh, Petrus Papadakis joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on that. Twitter at uh, the old P. I've got a look now. Petros, what's happening with uh, now Jackson Darts in the uh, transfer portal? So uh, what's the plan of quarterback for USC? Is this going to ultimately huh. be Caleb Williams? No is this going to huh. – huh. You know what's uh, well, what are we what are we hearing there? Uh, you being uh, an alum of USC, so connected uh, yes, to the program alum. still. You know, actually, I did a. Uh, first of all, he has a uh, goatee, Brady, to hide the fact that he's got no lips. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got that long mustache going. You know, the real wide one. From it's a nice goatee, though. You know, a little mustache. Well, yeah, he's got a plenty of room to grow it. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Kissing the lipless. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, kiss my face. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, face, no face, no face, no lips. Okay. What was the question? Oh, that's transfer. <laughs> okay. So here's here's how it worked. Uh, Caleb Williams is going to USC, right? It looks like it, which means Jackson Dart. You know, somebody in a guy named Scott Wolf in town sent a really interesting tweet. He said, you know, there was a time at USC, and I think Matt Castle 
who ended up, I think, getting paid more than any of them. And I recruited Matt Castle, for God's sakes. Uh, Matt Castle, Matt Leiner, John David Booty, and Mark Sanchez, I think, were all on the roster at the same time. And that's just never going to happen again. You just don't – that's not the case at, at any schools anymore. And Jackson Dart – Caleb Williams is the number one transfer quarterback in the portal, right? He's the guy everybody wants. Yeah. The second he comes off the board, Jackson Dart is going to be that guy, uh, which is interesting. And I don't know where he ends up. He's a Mormon kid from Utah. Uh, and I really wanted to see Lincoln Riley coach him. And I, I like the idea of a guy signing with a school and actually just like playing there and finishing his career <laughs> at, at quarterback. You it's know? a noble idea. Yeah, like Brady Quinn. You know, Then they let you introduce the new head coach you know, someday because you're so familiar. Uh, so uh, that kind of thing, I think, uh, obviously is, uh, is few and far between these days uh, with the way the transfer portal works. I don't mind the players having some flexibility. It is hard to keep track of. I mean – Washington State pushed out their quarterback, who's been brilliant, Jaden Delora, for two years because they hired the head coach at Incarnate Word to become the OC at Washington State. So he would bring the quarterback at Incarnate Word, who's like the FCS player of the year two two years in a row. And uh, Cameron Ward, I think is his name. Yeah, I think that's right. And he is uh, he's a huge baller. And they pushed out the guy they had already, uh, which is, you know, just unheard of to do that kind of stuff. And now Jaden Delora has gone to Arizona, where a bunch of people seem to be getting the band together uh, under Jed Fish's banner for some weird reason. Uh, so there's just a lot of interesting things going on. It, it uh, The tea leaves say Caleb Williams to USC, unless somebody comes up with a bunch of money somewhere. And... Jackson Dart to who knows where, and DTR is going to stay at UCLA, which is why the kid Dylan Gabriel Gabriel yeah uh, he went to Oklahoma after committing to UCLA because he figured out the DTR was going to stay. So <laughs> uh, it's uh it's almost like you know it's like watching the coaches now. It's like pulling out the Southwest Airlines uh, flight schedule for the day and uh trying to track all the movement and we're just talking about quarterbacks for god's sakes i mean mm. there's all kinds of guys flying all over the place i think i saw at one point there's what like 1500 kids in the transfer portal sure um which you know again this thing's only going to continue to pick up until there's more structure i i do want to ask you though about just the national championship game just, yes. just some of your thoughts on it you know it, it was an entertaining game, to say the least. Did it play out the way you thought it was going to? No, no, no. And not a lot of people watched it because, you know, it's a problem. ESPN has created a huge problem in our sport. And they ruined the bowl season. They own the bowl season, and they ruin it. It's like they bought this Lamborghini, and they just crash it into a wall every year. Because instead, and I'm not asking them to to sell uh, $5 million worth of uh, products promoting the, the, the whatever, the Liberty Bowl, and to do a bunch of features on, on the D-linemen for, 
you know, Louisiana Tech or, or whatever. But, I mean, they got to do a little bit better. I mean, they force conversations hard about the the playoff and the, the semifinals games, which all sucked. And, I mean, it's one thing to show a little graphic of, hey, we got Cincinnati uh, taking on Alabama coming up in two weeks. You know, fine, whatever, show that graphic. But then they get to, you know, second down and nine on on the two or three plays into the series, and they're talking about matchups. They're talking about uh, Bryce Young versus the Cincinnati secondary. They're talking about uh, Stetson Bennett versus Michigan. And, and it was confusing, it was insulting, and it was a terrible way to cover the bowl season. And they've created this playoff. They own the playoff. It has become a regional event in the South, and there's no doubt that the level of football in the SEC between these two teams is excellent. But everybody else in the SEC lost their bowl game. And it's uh, it's disappointing to me because I don't really know how it's going to change. They have their blueprint. They spent a lot of money on this thing. But, man, it sucks. I mean, it just absolutely sucks. The game itself, like you said, uh, a walk-on quarterback. I mean, I wish that Holly Rowe didn't ask him a bunch of weird 30-for-30 questions at the the end of the game and make the kids sound like the ultimate douchebag. It was a really cringy interview. But, uh, I mean, it's a great story. Uh, I feel bad for JT Daniels and his Zaxby's chicken deal. But why? Why would you feel bad? I know. I mean, look, JT Daniels, you have to understand JT Daniels from down here. I mean, they talked about him like he was like he was Joe Montana and Cam Newton and and all of these people. Randall Cunningham, Billy Kilmer. Uh, They I mean, they talked about him like he was every quarterback that was ever that ever lived wrapped into one. There was actually an idiot that wrote an article at USC when he was struggling as a freshman saying that they should let him call his own play. And that's where the true greatness lies. And I'm not saying he's a bad player, but, you know, every once in a while, the quarterback at modern day is like Bryce Young. Right. And you're just like, wow, this kid, he's special. What's wow, going to happen with modern it. day? He gets it, you know. But sometimes a quarterback at modern day is a good quarterback, like Matt Barkley or JT Daniels. But because they're at modern day, you know, or some other big high school, we anoint them and say, this is the greatest player that ever lived in the history of the world. And, uh, you know, sometimes physically those guys don't match up to the hype. And uh, and I think that's what we looked at when it came to uh, JT Daniels. Mm. Get him on Twitter at the old P Petros Papadakis, uh, AM five seventy LA Sports, uh, the co-host of the Petros and Money Show, also a Fox College Football analyst, and not a huge fan. It sounds like of ESPN's uh, college football coverage. Uh, Petros, uh, we appreciate it as always. All right, Thanks, Pops. P. There he is, the old P. Good night. Good. Good. I'm going to go back to bed. Okay. All right, there is, so there is. <laughs> uh, but uh, always fun stuff with our guy, Petros, there. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.